Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Not Your Average Tea Time. I'm your host, Tobaria, and today is going to be the Denver Broncos versus New York Jets recap episode. Spoiler alert, it was not a pretty game from our New York Jets. They didn't score at all. I think Denver scored 26 points. Zach Wilson went 19-35 for 160 yards. No touchdowns, two interceptions, five sacks. But he averaged 8.4 yards per attempt, so that's pretty good. I guess that's a positivity, and we try to find one from this game. Also, Michael Carter, he ran pretty well. He had nine attempts for 24 yards, and his longest run was for eight yards. It didn't feel like much, but when the entire Jets offense was struggling, The wide receivers were getting open, but they kept dropping passes. You have to take what you get. So, Corey Davis, it was good to see that he was the Jets' leader in targets this game. He had 10 targets, 5 receptions, 41 yards. His longest catch was for 13 yards. Zach Wilson rolled to his left beautifully, just like that throw he made during his pro day. Launched the ball on a rope, hit Corey Davis right in his hands, and he dropped it. The Jets were going to lose this game, but that could have changed how the game felt at the end of the day. You know, it could have helped out your young quarterback by making that pass. He wasn't the only one dropping passes. Running back Ty Johnson, let's see how many attempts he had or targets he had. He had five targets, but he made one catch. And every time they targeted him, It was on fourth down, so it was like turnovers or on third down when he had to punt the ball. He is not a pass-catching running back. He's not a pass-blocking running back. Zach Wilson had five sacks this game, and five of them probably were on him because he's a liability in the pass protection. He's a good runner, but in pass protection and catching, get him out of there. You're going to get Zach Wilson hurt. So... Zach Wilson had one really bad interception of the two, and it wasn't really bad, but he waited too long to let the ball go. Corey Davis was open, but he waited half a second too late. Justin Simmons read his eyes, picked the ball off, and took it back. And then on the second throw, he threw it to Braxton Berrios, and it bounced off his hands. It was another on-the-move Patrick Mahomes-like throw. It would have been another highlight play if – Braxton Barris would have caught, caught it at the end of the game. Instead, it bounces off his hands and right into the hands of one of the Denver Broncos' safeties. So, yeah, rough day at the office for the Jets. It seemed like nothing went right. And to make matters worse, my golden boy, Elijah Moore, has a concussion, and he probably won't play the next game versus the Tennessee Titans. So we have to wait for the Atlanta Falcons in London in order to see him break out and get that touchdown I keep telling people about. Let's move on, though, to some more positives from that game. C.J. Mosley played like a man possessed. He was everywhere, just hitting people left and right. He had a big hit on Melvin Gordon when the Denver Broncos were pushing and threatening to score on the running, by running the game, running the ball. So he had a really big hit there. That was good to see. The young cornerbacks also held up pretty well. They let up some plays toward the end of it when the game was out of hand, and really it was just like, what else can go wrong here? I don't, I don't fault them for that. Quentin Williams came to life and had one and a half sacks. 
I really appreciate his leadership because he's like, I don't want to talk about my one and a half sacks. I want to talk to you guys about what we can do in order to keep improving because we have to get a win. We shouldn't be on three. We play better than this. We have more talent than this. So it was good to see him step up and take that leadership role while we had members of the Jets offensive line, mainly the right guard, Greg Van Roden, come out and say Zach Wilson needs to get rid of the ball faster. And he really just it feels like he threw his young quarterback under the bus. He's not wrong, but this is your quarterback's third start. Maybe that's not something you say out in public, but you know, that that's it is what it is. It is what it is there. So the Jets lost and a lot of the rookie quarterbacks struggled this week. Mac Jones threw three interceptions in the loss, but nobody lost their mind like what happened when Zach Wilson did it. But that's neither here nor there. But it was also Justin Fields Day. It was his first start in Chicago. And he got sacked eight or nine times. Miles Garrett had four and a half sacks, and he became the franchise leader in sacks just that one game. And I was talking to Christian, the host of the show, and my brother Travis, and it was like, which was worse, the Jets' loss or the Bears' loss? And I just got to say, I think the Jets' loss was worse than the Bears' loss because the game for the Bears today – it was just a, it was just one game, right? It was one game. And when I say which one was worse, which was the worst loss, I mean, which was worse for the fans? Was it worse for the Chicago Bears fans to have Justin Fields come in with some hope but then have Matt Nagy just ruin him by not calling the right plays and not putting him in a position to succeed? Or was it seeing the Jets and Zach Wilson struggle like they did, not put up any points worse? Which, which was worse? for the morale of the fan base. And I got to say that for the Jets, it was worse because what I saw from the Bears and what I saw from the Jets is what I watched every Jets game for the last two years with Adam Gase. And so just two years of just sadness, no hope, and then you finally remove him from the equation. You get a new quarterback, you get weapons, you think this is going to be a game changer. This is going to revolutionize the Jets offense, so should have been bad for forever because he's going to be running that Mike Shan- that Kyle Shanahan offense, which we saw 49ers versus the Packers. That's what it's basically the two same offenses. That's what the Jets offense should look like. The Jets offense looks nothing like that. The Jets offense looks like a Pop Warner offense, right? So two years of Adam Gase, and you get this Pop Warner offense this year, I understand it's three games, and it's three games against three good defenses. But when you've been going through this for two years of Adam Gase, four years of Todd Bowles, you don't even know who the coach was before that. It's just been so much infertility for so long. It wears on you. It, it really it really wears down on you. There's been zero progression. There's been no improvement week to week. We knew the Jets weren't going to go out and win the Super Bowl or maybe even make the playoffs this year. I think they were projected to win six and a half games, but this feels historically bad. They were, I believe the stat was in the first half of games, they're being outscored 46 to 6. 46 to 6. That just means that they haven't been prepared. They're starting slow. They have no life. They have no energy to come out in these first games, first half of games. But if you want to look for a positive side of it, the second half, they come back, they come out. And they playing with the lights out. 
Like they allow three points, I think the average is second half. Probably a little bit more than that, but you get the point. So it's just not been pretty. This offense is averaging 6.6 points a game. Not a quarter, a game. So it's you got you say it's gonna get better, it's gonna click, but when? You know, if the Titans coming up next, that's gonna be a tough game. You have the Falcons who they're not undefeated anymore. They went to MetLife and beat up on the Giants so they can score. They play defense. They're professionals. So it, it's all just kind of frustrating. And it gets worse when you think about the fact that Denzel Mims can't get on the field. He's just second-round pick from last year. And apparently the Jets have so much firepower on offense, they don't because they can't score at all. They score six points a game. But they have so much firepower on offense that – Denzel Mims can't get on the field. What is happening? Like, literally, what's going on? And Greg Van Roden gets beat like a drum every single play when he has the nerve to stand up there and call out Zach Wilson. Danny called out a fan. A fan was like, took a strange shot of the game, was like, what's this? And he goes, well, the slide protection was right. I was doing my job. The rest of the left side of the line didn't slide over. Even if that is true, you say, I did my job. You just threw your other offensive lineman under the bus. You're just a bad teammate. The Jets have the longest playoff drought of any team in the major four leagues. Every year they're rebuilding. Every year there's excuses. Every year they preach patience. We're done with the excuses. We have the patience. We know you're not going to be good this year. But we, the fans, just want to see you get better. That's it. That's all. We're on to Tennessee. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Not Your Average Tea Time. I'm your host, Tabaria. I'll talk to you soon.